Welcome to the Sales Tips for Pros podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Developing a corporate culture that helps its sales employees hit targets is no easy feat. By addressing key areas of the workplace, it is possible to create a performance-first sales team. In this episode of the Sales Tips for the Pros podcast, Mark Franklin will join us to have a discussion around creating a performance-first workplace culture. Mark is the practice leader and president at Career Cycles and co-founder at One Life Tools. He has a master's in counseling psychology and a bachelor of applied science in industrial engineering. He has over 10,000 hours of direct counseling and coaching experience at Career Cycles and in the career centers of Canadian universities. Mark provides career management insight to local and national media and hosts a weekly radio show called Career Buzz. He wants to help people become empowered in their career and life choices. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Mark, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thanks, Kristen. Really happy to be here. What are some of the elements that go into creating a performance-first work environment? The elements are really about creating a culture, a culture that supports performance. And that's probably the key thing is that focus too much on performance um, doesn't lead to sustained performance. And it may sound counterintuitive, um, but it looks like uh, all research that focuses in on culture and performance kind of get it this way, that culture... Uh, creates performance and not the other way around. So we have core values in a company that lead to a company culture, and that leads to to the actions and performance that management wants. And and you know if you don't have that, then you have decisions that come down, and they're just uh, they vary from topic to topic and day by day or or year by year. Uh, but core values give a a sense of corporate culture. And culture then drives performance. So I think anybody trying to really create a performance-first workplace and culture needs to focus on those core values and be able to communicate those clearly and turn them into actionable ideas and methods. And then I think you get the right flow from core values to company culture to performance. And why do you think some companies struggle with really creating those core values? The values that organizations might try and not just write down, because I think everybody has seen those organizations that have mission, vision, and values that nobody really pays attention to. Um, So I think there's a lot of failure out there, and people lose touch with the fact that this could really be beneficial. But there's a lot of research out there. I was reading one one, uh, story of a car dealership, a a series, a network of car dealerships, and they, they also focused on values and they found that those those dealerships that were focused around values had sustained performance and in fact performance increases and those who focused on performance alone um, actually found drops in their performance 
how important is it that the company and engage, that, that they really engage and support employees? Um, we hear a lot about millennials. So do millennials mar- want more autonomy? You know, we have a, a sweet spot in our, our career coaching practice for millennials. Um, we, we find a lot of people in early career in their 20s and early 30s. And so so our team of associates are actually working a lot with millennials. And it's funny, they say they want stability. And if you, you look at surveys, they say um, they want to stick around, they want stability, uh, but yet their behavior shows different. And if they don't get the things that they want, they're more than willing to change jobs more frequently because they see that that's the way the world works. And right now in Canada, at least, the, the number, uh, the, the duration, the average duration of a job is now less than three years. It's about two years and, and 10 months. And so there is a lot of change despite the fact that millennials say they want stability. What do they really want? Um, well, they want meaningful work. That's a term I hear a lot. At least their work and the, the products or services that their company is connected to, should there should be a connection with purpose or meaning. And meaningful work is a term I hear. They want feedback and they want to talk to their managers often. They want flexibility where they work, when they work. They want perks. And and if they don't get them, then they move. So, you know, those those values we were talking about before can drive the kinds of things that keep millennials happy and engaged. And, and back to culture, I think, um, you know, Peter Drucker is one of those famous management gurus, and he had this great line, culture mm-hmm. eats strategy for breakfast. And, you know, you can have the strategy as much as you want, but it's the culture that you create that supports your employees. And these days that includes uh, millennials and making sure that they get that feedback, they get that sense of flexibility, and then they, and then they perform. Should risk taking be encouraged? And what happens when people fail? Well, risk is scary. Um, You know, for lots of people, I mean, we're human and we have this uh, aversion to risk, many do, uh, and and risk can also be accompanied by very big expectations. Um, But we also know that taking risks leads to acceleration and growth, and and it helps you move, grow, move faster, climb higher in in both work and in in life. When we learn about all these um, tech companies, they have this little phrase called fail fast, Take a risk and and kind of organize it in time so that it's not a huge thing. You're not plowing, uh, you know, years of resources into that one risk. Uh, Check it out. Do a small pilot. Try things. Fail fast. Um, And the idea meaning that you can build risk uh, and risk taking as a skill. And I think that's what it is. It's a skill that grows with practice incrementally. And if you small risks in your in your daily life, if you have strategies or t- tactics that you want to try that you've never tried before to reach out to a client or to make a call or a different script or a different product or a different group of products, um, try it, you know, pilot it in some limited way, fail fast, learn how to build that muscle of risk taking, and that skill will grow in incrementally. And and I would say listeners, you know, what can listeners do? They can, um, you know, take take a week and take on a new risk every day for a week and see what happens. Like be methodical, be intentional about it. Some small little risk, just try it, see what happens, and then note note the results. So when you think about like what role does a company in, in terms of the values for hiring salespeople, how do you really encourage a performance first meritocratic culture? Well, it comes back to what we talked about earlier about about values, core values, and then and then company culture, and and those can really enhance pride in the company. You know, it can help build those sales relationships, build a performance first organization, and every 
every new recruit wants that. So if it's a question about hiring, right, salespeople, well, they're going to be attracted to companies that seem like they're moving in the right direction and that they're they're successful. And that not only is the organization successful, but the individuals within it are successful. And, and these days with reviews and, and so much online communication about companies and corporate culture, uh, it's not too hard to find out whether you're going to join a company that has got a great culture, a uh, supportive culture, or a, a terrible culture and a toxic culture. And we hear that all the time. Imagine in a career coaching company, um, you, you end up hearing a lot of the complaints. You hear people who have hit a certain point and they say, okay, I'm, I'm looking for something else. So maybe we hear a disproportionate number of people who have hit that wall. Um, but what are we hearing? A lot of workplace problems. You know, not so much I don't like the work, but it's I don't like the workplace this is happening. People are leaving companies. You know, survey after survey says that a, a huge portion of your employees are, are busily either actively looking for another job or at least passively open. And if the recruiter calls, they're willing to hop. So therefore, if you want to hire people successfully, I think it's about setting up a good internal culture that people want to join and that the employees are sharing that over the Internet so that others can see that that's the kind of company that they want to work for. And what do you think the dangers are of placing too much emphasis on performance? Performance is temporary and it comes and goes. And, you know, in many and for many listeners, their products or services might be cyclical, um, either for economic cycles or even annual cycles. And so performance will be temporary and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. And so back to something that's going to help you weather the storm, you know, there'll be peaks and valleys. And how do you how do you navigate the valleys? And so, so again, building that performance-based culture because it's around values is the way to go. And, you know, culture is hard to replicate. So you gain a competitive advantage. It's a little harder to build that, and it takes longer, but it is a competitive advantage because others simply, simply can't copy it. Uh, so it's your unique culture, and that that in turn uh, drives performance and helps you both on the upturns. Well, when things are good, things are good, and you don't, you don't need too, too much to support that. But when things aren't that good, how do you hang on to people and how do you hang on to people's uh, morale? And uh, that's where some of those values come in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Mark. Yeah, pleasure, Kristen. Thanks for the opportunity. And thank you for joining us for the Sales Tips for the Pros podcast brought to you by the CPSA. Thank you for listening to the Sales Tips for Pros show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.